So, and I know I, I asked everybody this last year, um, but you know, given our trophy is a heavyweight championship style belt. I'm going to ask it again, and I'm not going to do it, you know, in a crazy way. I kind of want to, though. Anyway, are you ready to rumble? <laughs> Recognize that voice? Yeah, that was my little tribute to the great boxing wrestling ring announcer Michael Buffer. Fashion, anyway. His actual catchphrase was, let's get ready to rumble, of course. I was beginning there the final rounds in our Small Fleet Championship contest, recognizing excellence in small fleet businesses who've exhibited growth and stability after getting their start. As so many fleets do, is just one truck and an owner-operator with a plan for success. I'm Todd Dills, your host for this edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast for October 28th, 2022. We're going to drop into more from the Small Fleet Champ Awards ceremony, as well as parts of something of a roundtable conversation I had with all four finalist small fleets on site last week at the National Association of Small Trucking Companies annual conference. I'm Brenda McGee, I'm John McGee Trucking. I'm John McGee. Uh... We're out of North Louisiana. We work in the oil field, in the uh, gas and oil fields right there in the middle of Louisiana. We run vacuum trailers. We've got flatbeds. We've tried our hand at grain hauling. So if it's out there, we'll try it. Uh, Chris Porcelli, Cap Trucking, Sanford, Florida. Uh, We've been hauling anything refrigerated or frozen for 12 years, up and down the East Coast primarily. I'm Kay Creech. This is my daughter Jacqueline. We've been in business since 2007. We haul dairy commodities to the local dairies within 150 miles of our home home base. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of feed, right? Yes. Caswell <laughs> Owen. My name's Tina Dress, and half owner of Whole Camp Transportation. And we're driving. That's right. Les Whole Camp, uh, co-owner. I'm 50%, 51%. Tina's 49. <laughs> and uh, we're primary dry van. Um, we've kind of did a little bit of everything, but we've ended up with dry van. And um, we're coast to coast over the road. Been in business for? Wow. Um, not as long as, uh, you know, maybe started with one truck in 14, 15, okay. and uh, really after Tina came on in what, about 15, 16? Yeah. 16, then we just kind of went after it. I wanted all of you guys to think back over the past year, you know, to maybe, and think about the biggest challenge that you have faced over that time period and how you addressed it with an eye toward, um, I think most of you have heard me say this already, but Kay was not there. Um, with an eye toward, you know, giving ideas to the folks out there that are, that are in similar businesses and, and maybe face the same thing. Um, but, you know, generally we just, we want to learn from your individual experience. So that's, that's the story we want to hear. We'll hear all about those challenges and some solutions on the other side of a quick break for this word from Overdrive Radio's sponsor. With winter fast approaching, 
It's time to prepare yourself for the conditions that lie ahead. By adding Howe's Diesel Treat at every fill-up, you can prevent your diesel fuel from gelling in even the coldest temperatures. While it safely removes water, adds lubricity, and prevents deposits, the nation's number one anti-gel will help protect your engine and provide you with the added power you crave. Backed by the only no-tow guarantee, Howe's Diesel Treat will keep you rolling no matter what weather comes your way. Learn more at HowesProducts.com. Howes. Tested. Trusted. Guaranteed. That's Howes. H-O-W-E-S. HowesProducts.com. And if you'd like to try Howes Diesel Treat Anti-Gel Formula or its Gelling Rescue Lifeline Treatment, dial the Overdrive Radio podcast line and leave us a message via 615-852-8530. We've got prize packs featuring both treatments as well as other items. We'll be back in touch for your shipping information. That's 615-852-8530. Here we go. Stepping back in time one week to Thursday, October 20th, at Nastic's annual conference in Nashville, Tennessee. First up... In the 11.30 truck category, all the way from the great state of Louisiana and the town of Simsboro is none other than John McGee Trucking, led by John and Brenda McGee. John and Brenda McGee. John McGee. Junkie Trucking got to start uh, with Junkie's known robbery more than three decades ago, and since has achieved revenue growth every single year, he's been in business for John Brenda's fleet of 19 trucks today supports oil services focused companies with tankers in large part, but also will haul anything that fits on a flatbed after a bit of recent years diversification. John Gee was one of three finalists for the very first Overdrive Small Fleet Champ Award in 2020. Growth in power unit numbers has proceeded pace since that time with an additional two added just this year. Better yet, profits last year were 200% above year 2018. Impressive given revenues didn't rise nearly by the same percentage. We spoke to Roy Wise, area supervisor for one of the company's customers, Energy Transfer Company. Wise lauded McGee's operators for their well wastewater haul experience, oh, excuse me, expertise, and for going above and beyond instead of just doing their job, they said. They follow up. If there's more loads to be had, they'll call for more trucks themselves. And when they go out of their way, they got out of the way big time. John and Brenda McGee, John McGee Trucking. I'm Brenda McGee. I'm John McGee Trucking. I'm John McGee. Uh, we're out of North Louisiana. We work in the oil field, in the uh, gas and oil fields right there in the middle of Louisiana. We run vacuum trailers. We've got flatbeds. We've tried our hand at grain hauling. So if this out there, we'll try it. <laughs> Six years ago, we met with Mac and came up with a program to where we were going to run our trucks four years, 300,000 miles, buy them with a five-year, 400,000-mile warranty, get rid of them, you know, under warranty. We kind of get the best return on investment. So we did it at the very first of 2020. You know, the trucks were four years old. We were able to get them. But then the supply chain had hit. And so now we've got seven trucks that we're trying to get rid of 
but we can't get replacement trucks for them. Right. And so, you know, which <clears throat> we had the trucks and we, you know, we've done all of our own in-house maintenance. We're happy with the trucks, but we are at the point to where we're ready to replace trucks and we can't find new equipment. Yeah, so that whole system is, that you guys put in place is just breaking down. So right, yeah, right off the bat, yeah. yeah. And we deal with a Class C Mack dealer, which means he doesn't sell very many trucks. Okay. And uh, we're looking for, we want seven replacements, and we're still trying to grow, but we've only got five trucks that are going to be available for all of 2023. Uh, we're still trying to figure all the ins and outs on that. Yeah, our strategy was not to buy new trucks just because of the price. We kind of did something similar to John, so um, we decided to run our equipment while we have. So the miles are clicking, they're getting more miles, and we can't lose thought of that because that asset's going to wear out. Um, so based on the market and the pricing, we bought used. So if I get a good driver, uh, we'll just go buy a truck. Uh, I just really hate to pay so much money for an asset um, with not having a driver. So back in 2016, attended to a story about expansion beyond a single truck as an owner operator, this kind of driver before the truck strategy that Les Holtkamp was noting there <laughs> was indeed something that a majority of small fleets indicated had been their growth model. Though some did note that having the truck first to match to a driver candidate could also be a good recruiting tool with the right operator. And in the other corner, the 1130 truck division, Holly Haley from the town of West Point in the great Hawkeye state of Iowa, our West Holt camp and team address. The now 31 truck, Holly Camp The whole camp, uh, camp drive-in fleet was sitting right at about 30 in the evaluation period uh, at the end of 2021, but since it's added another unit this year with 25 company trucks, I believe, and six owner-operators leased on. Uh, whole, camp's transportation, whole Camp Transportation's growth has come and going on a decade in business after Les lost the fleet, purchased a couple of trucks in 2013. The day job in sales and for a wholesale crop protection company. It wasn't long before we met Tina, He's now fiancé and they committed full-time to the business, bringing along owner-operators, purchasing trucks, and doubling down on a kind of weird all-in-this-together philosophy with every owner-operator and employee driver they brought on. Eight years later, 2021 was a $6 million-plus revenue year, with no doubt on the business's books to speak of. For Ed Manshine, Vice President and Commercial Loan Officer at Two River Savings Bank, Burlington Iowa-based institution has been the carrier's financial partner from the beginning, Polk Camp makes his job pretty easy, he said. Every business has its ups and downs, Manchin said. And it's kudos to Les for having weathered that and come out of it very strong. It's always easy to bank a good business. Les Polk Camp to address. Polk Camp to address. Our goal was buy a used asset, uh, make sure it's under 500,000 miles. When it gets to about four ninety nine, take it to the dealer, do an overhead. It'll tell you the camshaft. It'll tell you any upper damage, and it's still under warranty. 
And so we've done that with all of them. Mm-hmm. Once they get over 500, we know the motor's still good. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just keep rolling it. Um, so how, how, how are you addressing this problem, John? Because well, I mean, right you, now we're, we're holding on to the trucks. Like I say, yeah, we've got one that's actually being built today. Okay. And then we've got another one that will be delivered in December, one in February, one in April. But the one they're building today is an additional truck. Then December, we're going to have to just stagger what we've replaced. Mm-hmm. Kind of slow how fast we're growing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it kind of works hand in hand because we're still wide open. We're still blessed. We're turning down as much work as we're doing. Right. And but we can't find drivers, you know, and, and the drivers, yeah, the drivers we do find, we're having trouble getting them on board. And so it's, it's kind of, this is kind of a, a, an issue, but it's also kind of, it's working out because if you, if, if you do get the trucks, you're not going to be able to find the drivers anyway. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Or there's so much competition. You have the big boys paying 70, 80, 90 cents. Tina Dress. Hold camp transportation. Trying to solicit a driver and they want this big money that we can't compete with that because there's no way we can pay them that. So. We have found the best drivers prefer the smaller companies. Yeah, that's you right. Know? When, you get a, when you're willing to make a personal relationship and treat them like family and, you know, we don't know their yeah. names, we know their wife's names, we know their grandchildren's names. Yeah. And so. a good quality driver, you know, which we we pay pretty competitive with the big boys, but it uh, a lot of them prefer, you know, Small. to work for our family. Yeah, but the ones that we're to. trying to get to come over, they, you know, because they're paying that now, right. and it, it, we just can't pay that much. It takes a I lot. Of, it takes a lot of talking. I'm like, yeah. hey, I'll give you a dollar a mile. Come on board. Really? I said, I'll run you to Chicago, let you sit for two, three days. At the end of the day, you're going to be about the same. <laughs> and then they're like, okay. I said, so this per mile thing is just a hang up. It's the industry mm-hmm. so focused. You know, you have to qualify yourself before I can quantify because I don't even know who you are and you're wanting this money. You might be totally worth it. But at the end of the day, it's going to come out to your yearly salary. So be careful. Get the big money, 10 cents a mile more, but don't sit because now you're down to 40 cents a mile. So, and then once we get them on board, it just takes a couple of weeks and they're like, wow, I really like it here. It's a little different than what I'm used to. So, everybody here is paying paying their drivers differently, I think. The hourly here. Yeah, we pay hourly with overtime. Your your drivers are oil fields, so they're doing a lot of site work. Right. Kay Creech, Creech Trucking out of Comanche, Texas. I can't remember. We pay commission. Yeah, like 25% a, commission per load. Yeah, yeah. So you, you and, and Chris here are about the same, right? 28% line off. Yeah. Usually starting between 25 and 26, and yeah. after about a year or two, 28%. Right. If so we start ours at 25, and if they stay, then we go ahead and raise them up. Yeah. Yes, but it, it's the same as y'all. It's just they're not out there. No, and if they are out there, the insurance won't let you hire them. Yeah. So. And they get hung up on that per mile rate. They want to know yeah. what the average is going to be. That's right. 
they're always they like always want to worry about that. See, our, ours don't. <laughs> ours uh, want to be home at night yeah. and on weekends. Yeah. And that's what they ask for, and that's what we give them. Yeah. That's no, what that's we good. have to do. If they want the money, we've got the loads. Why don't you take them? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's if, up to them how much they make. If yeah. they want to make more money, they get up earlier, they stay later. Right. If they want to make less, they call in sick, they don't work. I mean, yeah. the work is there. Oh, the final round in the squeeze in truck category. Hailing from Comanche in the great Lone Star State of Texas is Creech Trucking, held today by Kate Creech and her daughter Jacqueline, among other family members. Kate, Jacqueline, come on up here. So the team at Creech Trucking calls mostly support the regional dairy farmers and belt trailers, having grown over the last four years from six trucks, six trucks, six trucks, excuse me, to a ten truck business. Even with the tragic passing last year, I found Jack Creech, Kay's husband. Jack opened the business way back in 2007 after an overrode trucking trip. Kay, daughter, and also the grandson, Kay's grandson, Jacqueline's son, Ethan, uh, now keep the business running and growing, delivering on a promise to employed drivers with generous, generous benefits for a fleet of size. The company's motto, you take care of your customer, and you do them the best job you can do. As Kate put it, that motto got around. We've never let a dairyman run out of feeds yet. We believe in taking care of the dairies. While being supplied by Creech, their first dedicated customer, Wildcat Dairy, has grown tenfold from around 500 dairy cows to more than 5,000, said Wildcat owners Frank and Anna Vollmer. We love them, and we couldn't do without them. They do a great job for us. Creech Trucking. Do you guys guarantee a certain weekly amount? Am I right on that? No, no. I'm thinking of somebody else. Oh, well, that's my bad. so they come on. They always have this talk about making you know pretty high per mile, and I said, well, you can't if you can't drive three thousand miles per pay period, then I wouldn't work here. I would go somewhere else. So they're in essence in a essence saying you're guaranteeing me three. I need you to buy three or you can't work here. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's the expectation. So just take yeah. your per mile, take it times three. That's the minimum that I need you to do here. And then they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> ours, ours don't even average a thousand miles a week, yeah. but they still get- It's a lot of local work, right? Yeah, it, yeah. it's all local. A lot of our dairies are 20, 25 miles and you might pull eight, Eight loads in one day. Right, right. So it's it's up to you how much you want to get in and out that truck and roll that part. Mm -hmm. so. Okay, biggest issue um, that you've tried to address in the last uh, couple of years here. Um, if it's not equipment, which it has been, I would say John. fuel prices. Chris Porcelli, cap trucking. Oh. It's and I'm sure that's more recent to like yeah, yeah. first or second quarter of this year, but yeah. yeah, that's been a major setback. It's ours started in yeah. March going yeah. up. March. And April. that's what we base we charge a fuel surcharge. Yeah. And we base it on what the price was back in March. Yep. And we charge a percentage of that. Yep. But if it goes up then, you know, we go up, we balance out with it. Sure. Yeah. Move it up and down. Yes. Like, yeah. And yeah. we we always let our, our customers know what we're gonna do before 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 they get that invoice so yeah. that they know. Yeah. 
And I, I mean, are they understanding in that regard? Yes. I imagine they, yeah. yeah. Yeah, most of them are fairly large dairymen, so they get bulk fuel just like we do. Yeah. So they know if we're lying to them or not. <laughs> yeah. So you just, I mean, you know, we've always been fair and honest, and we will continue to be that way. And we're personal. I mean, most of our dairies, we know them really well. Yeah. Kay's daughter and partner in the Creech trucking business, Jacqueline Creech. They know that, you know, we're not going to try to screw them around. Yeah. You know, it's just not. Yeah, it's like the like the customer is part of the family here. You, know, mm -hmm. you guys are all part of on, on the same team. And, and so it. you set the fuel surcharge. Yes, but they're you specialized. Get, that's dairy. They're, yeah, so. so you get that like a national or local or where do you come up with that fuel surcharge? Back in March, our fuel was three dollars a gallon. Yeah. Today it's four dollars and ninety-one cents. So like sixty-eight, seventy cents of more like seventy-five. Seventy-five, 75 fuel yeah. surcharge. See, our customers tell us what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't get that choice. I mean, big big company, big company. Big company. We, we would so. never be able to tell them. Yeah, okay, they tell okay, you know, yeah. like the ADMs of the world. Hey, gotcha, today. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we'd use EIA.gov. Pad, yeah. I think it's Pad Seven. That's the Gulf Coast, Gulf Coast Regional Region. Average, yeah. and we have customers. We adjust ours automatically, yeah. and we use the same three dollar base, mm -hmm. and we adjust it either once a month or every invoice, depending yeah. on the customer. Yeah. We base ours on and when we get a tanker load of fuel. Yeah, it fluctuates. <laughs> no up and down. Yeah, are you buying? You're probably buying bulk fuel. Yeah, right? we buy bulk. You're buying bulk fuel. Are you, are you guys buying? We looked into it. Um, we were going to buy like semi loads yeah. and then refuel when they got to the yard. Mm -hmm. We didn't see the savings based on like program. They're, not through the, yeah. they're, 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 they're all across the country. They're all across. Yeah. 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 So we have are, a program. Yeah, ours are all local. Local. And yeah. that's yeah. one of the stipulations. Yeah. You do not buy fuel out unless right. you absolutely have. And our drivers being home at night, you know, they're on the yard. Um, yeah. yeah. At that night. Makes sense. So they come in, fuel yeah. the days yeah. in, and then back. So mm -hmm. that makes it, you know, more yeah. easier. For we have a program set up with gloves. Changes like every day, yeah. But it's so much over rack price, yeah. And we have to buy X amount of tires. Mm -hmm. So any of my trucks that are on the road, I don't care if it's uh, in, unless it's a, a steer tire gets a Vantage uh, recap, it's just contract. to get them home. And then I put the expensive Michelin drive tire. On. I don't try to buy those on the road. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Like, I mean, what have you, what have you done to no, um, deal with the uh, the fuel situation this year. Um, everything that we do is LTL, so less than truckload. So one load could have yeah. twelve drops, fourteen drops on it, and it's all either refrigerated or frozen. Multiple so, customers involved, right? Yeah, multiple, multiple customers, people. multiple shippers. Um, we consolidate usually at one facility in Pennsylvania, and then we bring it down to Florida and make our deliveries along the way. In Nashville today from down south in Stanford, Florida, comes a fleet of the heritage that extends north to Hunts Point Market in New York City. It's five truck cat trucking held by owner Chris Porcelli, who today was what, Lauren? <laughs> Chris's father is a hero Porcelli, who's in the audience today, and he, he produce hauler serving Northeast Middle Milford, multi-generational. Jerry Porcelli Produce business at Hunts Point. 
Since growing up in that business to an extent, though, Chris Portelli has long ago now gone out trucking, first as an owner-operator on his own, and now with Cap Trucking. He's sharpened a clear acumen for serving reef customers with LTL capacity on north-south lanes out of the company's Sanford, Florida home base. Renewed business focus and profit growth followed a twin set of disasters in 2021 the stolen truck and a freight scam that both led to changes aimed at increasing asset security built upon the company's core business hauling refrigerated and frozen foods. Its revenues and profits are bolstered, bolstered by stable independence through triplease reports only to serve its growing book of direct business. Even as he refocuses on his core assets and trucks employed drivers and uh, one owner operator leased on as well. So we spoke to one among Cap Trucking's customers, Seth Perry, uh, Operations Vice President for the Warehousing Operation of the Dutchland Refrigerator in Pennsylvania. Porcelli has been hauling fairly regularly for Dutchland since 2016, when still just a one-truck operation. As Cap Trucking has grown, Perry said, Chris, he's been a great asset to have on the team in terms of reliability. He excels in putting service first without having to put people second. He and I both share the philosophy that this business is no good without people. It's tough business to be in and keep everybody happy all the time, but he seems to find a way to prevail. Catch up. Um, we're basically on a sliding scale of fuel surcharge percentages. Okay. So, but since a lot of our pickups are in the New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania area where fuel is astronomical right now, it's important to make sure that the customers know in Florida what you're paying because right. they're not privy to that. They're looking at what the price is in Florida. They're, they don't know that you're picking it up in Pennsylvania and fuels six forty nine a gallon. We had one of our uh, customers tell us, well, why are you charging me this? You should be charging me what it is at the refinery. We can't do that right. because it costs us more. Right. Right. So we have, to, we have to do what it costs us, not what it costs in South Texas. Yeah. I try to communicate with everyone the best I can. Going north, we do LTL produce. So that's a little bit more competitive. You know, when you're picking up fresh produce in Florida and it needs to be in New York City or Philadelphia within 36 hours, 48 hours, they want a competitive price and they want the product to look perfect when it gets there. And then, so help you if you're two hours late, you know, it's rotten to them. They don't want it anymore. But in the meantime, you're trying to cover the fact that the driver made four pickups in a day, five pickups in a day. Maybe you had to wait at a farm for four hours for the lettuce to get cut or washed or cooled or what have you. So now you're paying them a little detention for sitting there. So I try to calculate all those expenses into a single pallet rate and yeah. say, look, this is where I need to be. It's not, don't just think of it as that pallet getting from A to B. Think about it as the drivers making multiple pickups to get it, which they don't care, but we try to explain it to them. And, you know, this is the time involved to get that one pallet of produce to you in 36 hours. For the most part, the customers I have now are pretty, pretty flexible. Like I just raised one guy recently that just started up from May, uh, man, May when we ended. And um, I told him, I said, it's going to be about $30 more a pallet. You know, this is where we're at. And he basically said, look, it is what it is. Everything's expensive right now. If you can adjust anytime soon, let me know. But we like your service, so you know there's no questions there. So yeah. I try not to take advantage of it. But if fuel should come down a little bit, I'll adjust. But right. it's not, <laughs> so <Right>. I can't. <laughs> so the, yeah, you're, you're operating not on a typical kind of uh, no. fuel surcharge per mile. You're just building it into your 
I have to make sure the overall number makes sense. So I'm not going to change it on them load for load. You know, if one load only has 22 pallets and one has 32 and we stack two up, I have to find an average between everything so that everyone's making money. Okay. um, Anything we haven't talked about here that had been bothering you the last couple of years that you managed to solve or, or, or help mitigate somewhat? No. We're all in the same boat. Yeah. We are. Yeah. We're all talking about our, the same our, thing. Our main thing has been finding drivers and the fuel price. And our insurance jumped last year. And from what I hear, it's going to do it again this year. So we're all in the same boat. We're how much uh, How much did the insurance jump, if you don't mind my asking? 12%. 12%. And what was the reason given? There was no reason given. Okay. <laughs> we, 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 yeah. no. they, sent, they sent me a letter letting me know this is what everything costs now. This is how many claims are up in Florida. This is where you are. See, that's what they tell me. We've never had a claim. Yep. So, I mean, we, we might tomorrow or tonight or whatever, mm-hmm. but in, in the 15 years we've been doing this, we've never had a claim. Yeah. But we still go up just like everybody else yeah. does. So they do by association. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. There you go. Good way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah, never, never get never get a reason, unless I suspect you did get a claim. You know, I've heard it being pending. I had a truck stolen March of twenty one. It was a paid-off Peterbilt glider, twenty fifteen. Chris Porcelli told this story. Regular listeners will remember. Just last month, in the September 9th edition of Overdrive Radio, find a link to it in the show notes for this podcast, or find it via overdriveonline.com/slash/overdrive-radio. The used truck market went crazy. At the time, it was still worth over a hundred thousand. Now, it probably itself for who knows what. And um, at the time, it was actual cash value or insured value, whatever it was. And they took the lesser of the two. They offered me about forty thousand dollars. So, and less my deductible. So, I think it was about forty forty one thousand. Careful was. So, I told them to keep it, and everyone thought I was crazy. And I said, I'm going to pay three years on that $40,000. I'd rather go to a bank and take 40000 out if I need to loan that bad. Because putting it on my insurance to basically just show that I had a claim, they don't care what the claim is. Yeah. It's, it's, still, it's, it's on me. Right. So I'm paying on it. So yeah. one way or the other, I'm rated. It's on the loss run. Yeah. It's, it's not your fault. No. It's still on the loss run. That's it. That's all they care so about. So you got to figure bad. out the percentage. We, we do that. We've had a few um, just minor things. We had a a barrel of bondo get tipped over in the back of our trailer so that barrel cost ten thousand dollars we didn't turn that in the damage to the trailer we didn't turn that in either just so that we can keep our our rates down to more we got high deductibles we just pay them yeah because at the end of the day it's not worth it when it's time to renegotiate your insurance that loss run ratio just kills us yeah we run a high cargo amount with our LTL frozen and fresh. Um, you know, most carriers are 100,000 and that's it. Well, we run 300,000. So a lot of the meat we bring down is high value Wagyu beef and imported this and what have you. And it's it's big money. And uh, before I had all the trailers monitored on my phone, the refrigeration units, I had a driver that had like seven pallets of some berry acai frozen puree used in some health food smoothies he forgot to adjust the refrigeration unit when he opened up the door it looked like soup coming out the back of the trailer i was i got pictures of it and within 15 minutes a claim for like ninety four hundred dollars and i was just like okay you know slow down (laughs) let's see what i can do here but 
I mean, I didn't throw that one in either. I just, <laughs> you gotta pick and choose yeah. what you got to. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a method I've learned. So it's when it's renewal time, make sure you uh, you pick an agent and have him blast the market with the big boys, the Great West uh, yeah. Century. But then another person to call in. Don't let him do it. Because what happens, you get three or four agents, they blast that market. So Great West has six agents asking for a rate, mm-hmm. they'll shut you off. Mm-hmm. You're a shopper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really careful. Yeah. You can quote, but here's the ones you quote. Right. Any new person has to be unique and different because it just messes up rates all up. I didn't know that. And I don't know. I know in Louisiana, it's the agent of record. They have to have an agent of yes. record letter That's right. to shop you like that. But we switched to a captive a couple of years oh, back. That's what I want to do. Well, I don't know. You don't think so? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> It'll pay off in five years, yeah. but it's those yeah. first five years of premiums that kill you. Because it really, uh, it, uh, which we have a super high, you know, uh, liability that we have to carry, but well, no, I didn't see the savings I thought we would see. It's a private group. Yeah, it's basically being self-insured. And so you're talking about your high deductibles. So the way we're set up, yeah. more or less, we basically have a $75,000 deductible is what it comes down to. Now, we can claim, I think we have a 10000 on paper, but anything that we claim up to that seventy-five, we get to pay it right back to them. So what's the difference? Why claim wow. them? Yeah. You know, but the whole idea of it, and I don't know about y'all states, but Louisiana, you know, seventy percent of the advertisement on the interstate billboards is a tarp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> standing on the big yeah. truck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. And so, that. you know, we're, we're trying to protect ourselves. We went to, you know cameras and the uh, telematics, everything is from the, you know, the mega lawsuit if something happens. Yeah, we have cameras. And so if we keep the, we get 40% of our money back after five years that we pay on a premium if, you know, less our claims. So if we have a $30,000 claim and we claim it, well, that's 30,000 less that we wouldn't get back in five Uh years. So you that's our strategy. I yeah, still think long term it. that's not going to well, be a bad and, program. And in three years, come talk to knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> and what yeah. they constantly tell us, because we're just like you. We've been in business since 91, and we've only ever had one claim. And they say, well, if you'd have done it five years ago, you know, you'd be, yeah. your insurance would be 60% of what it is because, you know, you're getting that 40% back every year. But we didn't do it five years ago. We did it two years ago. Well, and we were borderline. You got to be a certain size. You have to get to a. I thought it was like a half million dollar premium. They told us a quarter million. Okay. We're not quite to a half a million yet. Once you go half a million, then you got. And that's the problem. We had uh, companies hit our truck at a truck stop, and you're like, you did damage, and they're like, sorry, we're self insured. You'll have to sue us. I'm like, <laughs> Private property, there's no police report. Yeah. I go, well, you, I know, but we're self insured. You'd have to sue us. I go, well, isn't this a great program? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a year later, do you get your money? Uh, we didn't get it. So, you yeah, know. you don't want to no. get your attorney and they involved know or something. Pretty soon, you're just right at all. Fees that are 
struck it. <laughs> what's somebody? What's your biggest fear in trucking? Is it is it an accident? That is mine. That's mine every day. For our driver. Yeah. yeah. One of our drivers because yeah. we we work in oil and gas field and you now there's there's a lot of risk out there. Yeah. And our biggest fear and we run twenty four hours a day, you know, and we're a small company, so every every phone call we get comes to me. Because when the office is closed, everything rolls oh, over to me. Does. And that's my and, biggest fear. Yeah, that something that happens and I have to go see their wife. Yeah. Or their, yeah. Son or their daughter. So I'm not alone. It's, it's we are managed safety through motive, and you know, so we're on them. That speeding and hard braking and hard turning. But yeah, I I fear that too. I you know, number one, you know, if there's a fatal accident, but number two, you're. I keep telling her. I said, "You're one fatal accident of being out of business." So yeah. exactly. everything you work yeah. for your whole yeah. life will be gone in one minute. And like, you know, your OSHA, you know, that's all, until you get, because you know, that's all, I don't remember what it's called on your, because you had, they base it on 100 employees working 2,000 hours a year. Oh. And so a lot in the oil field, if our number gets above three, three percent or three whatever, oh. you know, we're, we're no longer safety rated for. And so one, accident doesn't even have to, a fatality puts you out of business yeah. but even a off time if they're off duty for because how long was jimmy off five weeks yeah something so like they do that. a percentage based yeah. on your truck yeah. and saying the deal was we only had we didn't have enough hours we didn't have a hundred people we only had like 16 people working for yeah. us but it's based on a hundred thousand hour average right and so I got you. Or a hundred employee average. I mean, yeah. so with sixteen, our they could have six accidents versus yeah. our one yeah. to get the right. same score. You know how you fix that? Add five more trucks, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, and your percentage is in line. And we and we were borderline, and we worked with that customer. That they put us on probation for a year, yeah. but it was simply behind. It was a relationship, and they liked us. Yeah. Because we didn't even know we were out the door. Yeah. Until yeah. the customer right called us and said, look, we've got to figure this out. Yeah. Well, they called and said we couldn't work for them. Yeah. They shut us down. That was our yeah. second largest com customer. Yeah. We were like, for what? Because Jimmy yeah. fell out of the truck and broke yeah, his arm. Yeah, it wasn't arm, even literally. on their job. He, yeah, on another was, job. He was working for a totally other company, and he slipped getting out. He had mud on his boots, and he slipped. And whenever he fell, he stuck his hand out and fractured his wrist. Yeah. And... So that, you know, that just opened up a whole can of worms. The percentage uh, how they look at out of service, you know, for vehicle or hours of service for driver, they do percentages. Yep. Don't think it's a fair system. If you only have We one, were talking about this earlier. Yeah, yeah, you got one truck, you're out of business. And like, so. Yeah, 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 you're, you're all of a sudden, yeah. 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 I, just, I just finished an audit. The, 10 days ago and because I had two out of services in the last, I don't know, 18 months or whatever yeah. it was, but because I only have five trucks, two out of services, my percentage and that's all they care about. There could be a company next to me with 5,000 trucks, but I'm above the natural national average now. It's like, but they came in and poked around and they couldn't find anything. Thank God. And, uh, 
we carried on, you know, yeah. but it's like, why'd you even have to come in in the first place? You know, it's, it's silly stuff. You wouldn't, you wouldn't knock on the next guy's door if you only had two out of services, you know, no. because I only had five trucks. Right. You don't yeah. like that ratio. So. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else here had gone through an audit? Does anybody have a, have an actual federal safety rating in here? Mine's not rated. Big enough. No, no. You're big enough. I mean, you well, could give them a swan. Yeah, yeah, if you got a, if you got an audit, you could have. Well, they came in and they went through everything, but I think that's just that's the, the beginning. That was yeah. the new intro. Yeah. 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 So we, yeah. Uh, you know, you just want that's non-rateable. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've had two in twelve years. They're non-rateable for me. So They're always non-rateable. Yeah. yeah. They got to really come in and poke around to I think give you a rating. Something has to happen. Yeah. For them to do yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. Something more serious than I love DOT inspections. Right. Because uh, they help you, right? If you know you got a good truck, and yeah. Right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. If everything's because, good, if yeah. it's not, yeah. that's good. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, but yeah, Chris has been incentivizing those recently, right? I, I try to pay my guys to volunteer for inspections, but can you do that? I do. And uh, so I don't know about where everyone's from, but in Florida, you can volunteer yourself at a way station in Florida oh. if you're a Florida-based carrier. So I don't know if you could do that in your hometown or it's not. It's different right? everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It does it, it does it, but just at certain yes. times. Yes. Really? You know, don't, don't go in there, you know, when yeah. you're running the blitz, that's not going to work. But, yeah. you know, go in there in the middle of the night when one guy's just sitting in the office at the way station, really? volunteer your paperwork, they'll do it. Yeah. And because you're volunteering, they'll just do a level three driver. They'll just check your logbook. They'll check your paperwork, the registrations. It's clean inspection. And it's most, my guys have done it. I'd say they average a handful a year, maybe two, three a year. And they always come out with a clean one. So it balances out the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. clean ones. Yeah. <laughs> what it is, can't check it. First of all, thank you. Uh, it's an honor to be up here. Uh, 12 years ago, I left my hometown in New Jersey to embark on something I had no idea what it was going to turn into. Uh, 12 years later, it's turned into a wild business. And if you're sitting in this audience, chances are you're involved in trucking. I don't have to tell you any further that between diesel prices, equipment prices, freight rates, it's, uh, it's a wild world right now. It's an honor to be up here and thank you all uh, for making this happen. And the small fleet champ in the 1130 truck division is John McGee Trucking. speaker, but first of all, I want to thank Jesus, my Lord and Savior. God blesses me each and every day. He's blessed me my entire life, even before I was a believer. He continues to do so. And uh, knowing David, the little bit I do know him, I don't think he'll yank me off the stage for saying this. I'm not a preacher. But if there's anybody in this room that would like to know more about Jesus or what he's done for me, catch up to me this weekend. 
I want to thank Brenda, my partner. She came on board almost 10 years ago, and we've we not looked back a minute. I want to thank the men and women in Simsboro, Louisiana, out in the gas fields, doing what it takes to keep the lights on in this great country. I want to thank David and Todd and Buster, the entire team, Mastic and, and Overdrive, for, in my opinion, supporting the backbone of the American trucking industry, the small trucking companies just like yours and mine. I want to thank uh, all the professional drivers every day that do it the right way. You know, just like the other speakers have said, you know, y'all are the true essential workers, the true American heroes. And I'm glad that the nation is finally beginning to realize it. Thank you again. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. Here's a big congrats to all four finalists, Small Fleet Champs John McGee Trucking and its owners John and Brennan McGee, and Cap Trucking, helmed by Chris Porcelli. Likewise, Kay and Jacqueline Creech of Creech Trucking and Les Holtkamp and Tina Dress of Holtkamp Transportation. Read about all of them via the principal Small Fleet Champs section of the Overdrive website at overdriveonline.com slash small hyphen fleet hyphen champ. Big thanks, too, to the program sponsor, the fine people at the National Association of Small Trucking Companies. You heard John McGee there make reference to NASTIC's President Dave Owen, who we can at least partially credit for the program selecting two small fleet champs this year in two divisions. Here's a little bit of David Owen speaking from the stage just after the presentation, calling back to John McGee's well-considered words. That guy that's not a public speaker makes people talk a real idiot. <laughs> thanks, Dave. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker, songwriter, and Overdrive contributor, Long Haul Paul Marhofer. The theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marhofer, featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Lamech, Terry Two Socks Richardson on bass, keys by Tishomingo Jim Whitehead, and on drums, Mr. Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor, Matt Cole, social media coordinator, Holly Young, executive editor, Alex Lockie, and intrepid video editors, Lawson Rudisil and Mr. Andrew Gwynn. Until next time, keep it proud, dude.